You are now listening to It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in the peak entertainment era. Streamable Life is hosted by cousins Lauren and Brandon and recorded independently in Hawkins, Indiana. Enjoy the show. Hello again and welcome to another episode of It's a Streamable Life with your host Lauren. And I'm Brandon. And we are in, well, deep in November. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. Um, I spent most of the day out on Saturday just running around and doing stuff. And then Sunday just just chilled, really. But, yeah, no, it was good. Quick. A little bit too quick. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I had a long, long weekend. I was out Wednesday of town and came back yesterday. So Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it was nice. Um, it wasn't as warm as we thought it would be. Yeah. At night, but um, we managed. But yeah, it was really nice. Nice uh, little short vacation for a bit. Yeah, I saw all your, uh, I saw your uh, stories and, and uh, posts on Instagram, so. Yeah, yeah. It was cool, pretty cool. That's I don't think I'd, I'd do it again. I'd, I mean, I'd go to Vegas again, but not for a music festival or something like that. Unless it was right, right. Okay. Um, We'll get into this episode since we're focusing on the show this week based on a famous series of books. Which book was your favorite growing up? It's our question of the week. Oh, God. Um, I'll answer it first. And it was my favorite book growing up when we read it in school. And it's still my favorite book just because of how much it meant to me. But The the Outsiders by uh, S.E. Hinton. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you have to read that in school? No, we didn't. Oh, wow. Well, not my English class. I know other English classes did, but ours didn't. Yeah, I think I read it in middle school. I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was middle school or the beginning of high school, but um, yeah. Oh, I was just obsessed with uh, obsessed with it. And I think it's because it was like a group of boys and they're just best friends and everything they went through. And I don't know, I think that really pulled me in, but. Yeah, that was my favorite book growing up. Okay. My favorite book growing up. I'm trying to think here. I think, I think there were stories I enjoyed, but one I remember specifically was middle school when I read um, The Chocolate War. Ah, yeah. By Robert Cormier or whatever. Yeah. I like all his books because they centered on like teenage boys and or teenagers and sort of like delved into their lives. Um, But yeah, Chocolate War, I think, was one of my favorite books growing up because it it really tackled topics that I think today we really discuss more like toxic masculinity and and what that looks like and what forces are against that and stuff. So I think that's one of my favorite books growing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. All right. Right. So that's done. We'll move on to our first segment, The Ill List, where we review big news stories of the past week. And we'll start with the box office this weekend. We had um, a new number one with Terminator Dark Fate. It was supposed to be a sequel to the second Terminator film, Judgment Day. Um, and it was number one with 29 million. Unfortunately, it cost 185 million to make. Right. So 
it was humongous tank. I'm, I'm thinking the studio was really expecting this to sort of yeah be a joke for the franchise in general. It was it didn't it wasn't pushed hard enough, and it almost seems like they started the advertising push too late. Yeah, I remember like the initial teaser a while back, and then the other teasers. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think people are just burned out on this franchise because of the bad sequels, I guess, in between. Yeah. yeah. Down. And I saw a lot of people say that they didn't do much to sort of renew the franchise. They brought back Linda Hamilton, of course. Right. So they said it's the same story, just with a female protagonist instead of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like female centric. So I don't know. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that should have been expected. <laughs> yeah. So, t- uh, regardless, Termite Dark Fate was number one, 29 million, followed by Joker and Maleficent, both with about 30, 13 million, really close there. Um, number four debut was Harriet, another contentious film out. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard good and bad, so I don't know. Yeah, I've heard a lot of the same, kind of just in the middle of the road, like. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. Right. But yeah, it, a top five debut for it is sort of remarkless. Miraculous, yeah. though, so. And then rounding out the top five was the Adams Family movie. Yeah. So it's doing pretty well. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right. All right. That's the box office, and it leads us to. Some of our top three stories. First, um, going from three to one, Colin Farrell is allegedly being cast as the Penguin and Matt Reeves the Batman now. Yeah, I just saw that and uh, I don't know what to think. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a different, it's definitely jarring going from Jonah Hill to Colin Farrell. That's right, yeah. Two type of different looks, unless they plan to do makeup on Colin or it just be a different interpretation of this character that we yeah like, maybe that's that we it. haven't seen before so like I I have no doubt in my mind that Colin Farrell can do it oh yeah definitely yeah I think he's talented enough it's just uh yeah it's just it's, interesting. Yeah. yeah it's a different a big switch yeah so I, so as, as of right now there's three villains in the Batman Penguin Catwoman and the Riddler yeah so we'll have to see how that goes. Our second story is the Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon has yeah. been set for a series on at HBO. I think 10 episodes. Yeah. So this prequel is evidently following the House of Targaryen family years before the events of Game of Thrones. I, I wonder if it's something you can watch if you did not watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, I would, I mean, there's not much about the Targaryens you find out other than that, you know, Daenerys is like one of the last heirs and her father reigned for a long time until he went mad. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll start before he went mad or whatever, but I'm not sure how much you really need to know beforehand. I'm sure you could read a wiki or whatever but they'll probably 
it'll probably be pretty easy to pick up, I think. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm gonna check that out then. Yeah. And speaking of HBO, HBO Max announced their launch day, their uh, programming slate, and prices um, last week during the event. Uh, We can expect the additional HBO service, HBO slash Warner Media service, May 2020. I think that'll be really good. Yeah, it it looks really good. The price is uh, $14.99, which is the same price as HBO now, and pretty even with Netflix. Mm. But given the programming, it's pretty accurate. Right, right. And um, you were saying that if you pay for the HBO Go, then you get this service free, right? Yes. If you have HBO Go, hold on. The thing is, if you, I believe, have HBO Go or HBO Now through HBO, not third party, you get HBO Max at no extra cost. Okay. So, like, I had HBO Now, but it was through Apple, so I had to register a new account through HBO. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. And I think if you have HBO Go, which means you have HBO through your through the cable or whatever, you should be able to get it free as well. I'm pretty right. sure. All right. I would definitely check those details because it was throwing some people off and there's been articles about, about it just to clarify it easier. Right. Um, some of the programming they're planning, well, a lot of the programming they're planning, um, it's, it's, it's almost too much. They'll have new series like the Perry Mason series starring Matthew Re- Reese. Yeah. Um, they'll have the, um, shoot, no one blanking. They have some show called The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Kuko. Okay. Um, it's supposed to be like a drama. And then. New stuff, go ahead. Is that where Lovecraft Country is going to be? Yes, I believe so. Because I don't know if you saw it, but, um, HBO put out like a, a preview of everything that's coming in 2020 and they showed that in it and I I just oh. I assume that's what that's gonna be the yeah it was I followed them on YouTube and it's like a minute and a half and I'll definitely have to see that but yeah I'm pretty sure uh Lovecraft Country was, was set for HBO Max but HBO people can see it too well well yeah um and then they also have um a library of shows spanning yeah. across everywhere because Warner Media has so many properties already, including TNT, TBS, um, CNN, Cartoon Network, True TV. So like, for instance, the third and fourth season of Search Party will be on HBO Max. Ah, uh, okay. All yeah. Right. Which I'm excited think, for. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what everybody wants to know is if they're going to bring back real sex. <laughs> oh, wow. That would be interesting. Definitely for this time period be something new yeah that would be very interesting yeah. but that and i was just meaning the old episodes of that i wonder if that oh yeah because you don't really see that on hbo now now like those, yeah those aren't there which is kind of disappointing but anywho <laughs> right uh including uh, another addition to hbo max will be two new seasons of the boondocks okay yeah right um and they were supposed to return with aaron gruden original cast but we all, as we all know, sadly, John Witherspoon, who played Grandpa on 
uh, yeah. the Boondocks passed away last week. So I'm not sure how that's going to go. Where, yeah, he's such a, a vital part. Yeah, he was such a vital part. Um, he was 77 years old, and he had he had been a part of comedy and black comedy for as long as I can remember. Yeah, oh yeah, he's just it. It was nothing to see him in a a movie. Like if it was a black comedy, you were expecting to see him. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those who don't know, John Witherspoon was best known for his comedic roles in Friday, mm-hmm. um, Coming to America. Um, Hollywood Shuffle, Soul Plane, his his role on The Wayans Brothers. Right. Um, he was just he was just sort of like that black uncle everyone yeah. everyone knew. So R.I.P. to him and his and condolences to his family. Such yeah, a legend yeah. that we lost. Yep. That concludes our news segment. We'll now transition to not where we'll be discussing episode three of Watchmen. And episode, I think it's five of Mr. Robot. Is it I think so. Five yeah. or four, one of those. Right. Which one do you want to start with first? Um, well, because they didn't say anything in Mr. Robot, I think that may go quicker. So. Right, right. This episode had literally no speaking dialogue, which right. I didn't realize until like the end. Everything right. was just like facial expressions, which added to the tension. Yeah, natural sound, but it was it was so good. And they always do that one of those like gimmick episodes. Last season, it was the what the uh, the one the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we can start with Mister Robot. All right. So this episode was called "Method Not Allowed," yep. and basically, we're seeing um, Elliot. By himself, no Mr. No Mr. Robot this time. No. Um, sort of pick up the pieces after um, burning the Dark Army van and having to do another mission with Darlene after their right. sort of like little falling out. Um, this right. sort of like definitely brings them back together to a new plane, which they haven't been before or right. in a while. Um, and do, do you understand exactly what they had to do? Uh, it, I was a little confused, but it seemed like they were getting some sort of information from this big company. I, yeah, that, that part was kind of lost to me, honestly. Yeah, the best I can describe it is they, since they had located this woman from the bank, Yeah. the information they needed was like at a, another different secure location or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was just, and since there wasn't any talking, uh, th- that it made it made it kind of hard to pick up on like what exactly they were doing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they team up. They make a new identity for Darlene, a well fake identity, so she can um, have access to the security uh, yeah. mainframe or whatever. Um, and it's sort of like all in real time, you know, they, they make this identity, the ID, then they simultaneously, she infiltrates the facility. Right. They 
create her in the system while they're in the facility and they have about what an hour before the yeah it was like 40 minutes or something 40 minutes before the cameras call back on right and and this was tense oh yeah it was extremely tense and unfortunately the shit hits the fan because they get caught right yeah um between all the close calls and stuff i thought they were going to get away because security guard just some he of his, yeah, he was kind of lacking. I thought he'd go down each aisle, but he didn't. So they escaped partially, but then they didn't. Right. Then um, I did just some small things I picked up on it. First of all, I couldn't get over Darlene's wig. Like, um, right. I was just like, how does he not know that's not her real hair? Like, you have to be kidding me, man. Right. Um, and. It, it was just so startling. Right. <laughs> it was distracting. Yeah. But, um, um, no, it was good. It was uh, just, it, it was tense and it was nice to see them back together. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they get caught and we have this uh, crazy chase of Elliot sort of like sacrifice, sacrificing himself. Right. To lure the police away. And, I can't. I can't believe he survived all that. No, and uh, I had a laugh at all the running he was doing because uh, the part that killed me is when he ran onto the ice rink. He runs out there, <laughs> and he's trying to run across it. He runs into people, but the cops don't stop. I mean, that, no cop would chase somebody that far. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He he falls. He gets hit by a car. He gets on the bus and now he got away. Then it's off the bus. He runs across the ice skating rink. Right. And then he eventually runs down this like little hill ravine and Darlene, you know, is there waiting because he had he attacked his location to her. Right. So, so they escape, but as we see later on, um, they didn't quite get away because um we we as they're doing that we see um Dom on Christmas Day sort of suffering through the festivities because she's on mission for Dark Army basically. Right. Um, she investigates the burned van, um, and then I guess they give her a mission to um, privately access the sheriff's computer, right? Right. Right. So she gets like the remote desktop there and she thinks she's done. And she gets another mission from Janice. Right. And it's to find um, Elliot and Darlene. Right. And that was a good part because initially the text just says, I need you to find, was it like a couple of troublemakers that are causing us problems? Yeah. But then she sends the picture. But then yeah. I had a laugh when Janice was sending the thumbs up text, just like how. <laughs> She was asking her to do this ridiculous stuff and all this hard and dangerous things. And then she just sends a couple of thumbs up. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, she's crazy. Crazy yeah, she's... to the Z. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, we see uh, Krista. Yeah. So we're going about her day, new date, or boyfriend or whatever, and they're planning right. a Christmas gathering. And she... She's being followed mysteriously. And as we see at the end of this uh, episode, it's Vera. Right. 
right he's he's logged on targeted her as being being access to elliot so i'm scared for krista and i and i think that's when we first get the talking yeah yeah he was the first person to speak yeah the she he picks up her ice cream or whatever dropped out of the bag and Mm -hmm. then he's like yeah we need to talk and it's like okay okay. and uh the his henchman was young ma yeah (laughs) i noticed that That i saw her her name in the beginning like a guest star i was like what yeah that was crazy yeah um, and then the the other final story was uh, Philip Price, sort of yeah. being drug along by um, White Rose to do all these things, little scavenger hunt to get answers. Once he finds out Terrell Tyrell's not coming to the meeting, yeah, um, he's just sort of I don't know, begrudgingly following orders. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Hey. I honestly don't know where this season is headed. I mean, I'm going to stay around for the ride, but it's like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen because the previews for next week is is not going to end well. No, and it it looks like it's a a Dom-centric episode. I mean, it has to be with how the way her story ended, so. Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, she, she, it looks like she'll reunite with, uh, Darlene, um, and we'll see how that goes. And then right. Vera has Krista, so I'm right. guessing Elliot will be handling that. So everything is going to come to a head soon. And episode five of what thirteen? There's a that's a lot left. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot left. So I don't know what's bound to happen. No. So switching gears, we'll go to Watchmen, episode three, titled She Was Killed by Space Junk. Yes. And this episode introduces Gene Smart's character, who we find out is the Silk Spectre. Yeah, like the, um, the new version of the Silk Spectre. Right, right. She sort of left her life of vigilante heroism, whatever, right. and is now an FBI agent in the anti-vigilante section of the FBI. Um, And she's been assigned to investigate the murder of Judd Crawford. Right. Uh, What did you think of this episode? Uh, I thought it was good. It it was, I would, how would I say it? It was good and it it kept the story that we've been on going while, you know, kind of cleanly introducing a new character. Like we didn't get off track, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. learning a whole different story and mm-hmm. uh it was good to see her life because it, it, the comic if you know if you've read that then you know silk specter has been she's been through some shit and then the yeah. comic's also like one of the only people that tells it how it is so um but yeah no it was good i really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm glad she's in it and um i'm curious to see where that goes i don't think they could have played picked a better person right right She's definitely holding her own against like all the actors. Um, So basically she's here to investigate Judd's murder um, because many suspected it wasn't the Seventh Calvary um, who killed him. And um, we we know that there's an inkling in Regina's character, Angela's character that doesn't believe it's the Seventh Calvary either. Right. 
So she uh, flies to Tulsa along with her sort of like assistant. Right. Um, and they're investigating. We get introduced to the senator who introduced the um, DOPA. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. The DOPA Act, where um, which uh, restrained the guns and put uh, masks on police. Right, yeah. Like nine events. So Tulsa's the only place that occurs, basically. Yeah, yeah. That sort of gives us more background story of, of the country. So Tulsa's the only place that has that right now. Um, and they have the funeral for Judd Crawford. Right. And during the funeral, there is an attack. Yeah. Sort of like a suicide bomber from a 7th Cavalry member. And instead of, you know, waiting to see what happened. She went ahead and handled it. She Yeah, she gone to bed. Yeah. Dead. And then yeah. of course um there was a bomb attached to him and they take care of that by throwing him down the grave throwing him down the grave plot and then throwing the coffin on top of him to sort of decrease the explosion radius there. So I thought it was great. It was just how her character showed up. Like, it wasn't graceful. She just showed up and automatically went to the funeral. And then all this shit happened. Then she started asking questions. She was, uh, oh, what was his name? The guy with the mask, the mirror guy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she rattled um, him. <laughs> rattled him, definitely. Because she yeah. knew all about him already. Like, she's done exactly. her homework. Exactly. And I think that opening scene of the bank robbery, where we right. think, they're robbing the bank, but in all actuality, it's like a sting for a vigilante. And that was right. That was crazy. Yeah. And I especially liked her interactions with Angela. The scene in the Molosseum was yeah. <laughs> top notch. That was very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, they they both know, kind of gauging each other, and know there's more to the story than just the Seventh Cavalry, but it's just how to get yeah. there. We we didn't really learn. I mean, we learned a lot about her, and then um, oh boy, out there at the castle. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Shoot. He just. I can't. Oh my god. Arden something. Arden like the Bite yeah or something like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, we and I just I'm not exactly sure what he's going to be doing like uh i don't right. know he was out there like testing his little clone people and then he got upset and at the end we see him get dressed in this outfit but um one thing i thought was interesting is i forgot when she said it but Lori mentioned something when uh uh she's talking about dr manhattan and how he got upset and drop the squids on the people. So the squids mm -hmm. is on the first episode. We know that, okay, that's who that came from, so. Yeah, yeah. And it was, is, um, what's his name? Is Arden, is he reliving the same day or does he have them do the same thing every day? Cause they had the birthday cake again. I think they just kind of, I'm not really sure what they're programmed to do. Or maybe, uh, yeah, I have no clue. That's a good point because 
that was the same cake they had when it was like his, whatchamacallit, his. Uh, right. So, like, I was just thinking that because um, when uh, Gene Smart's character was telling the joke, she was telling, like, how everyone went to their separate hells or whatever. I wonder if he's, like, in some type of personal prison or purgatory or something. Yeah, I have no clue. Maybe that's it. And maybe yeah. he can't escape it. Yeah. But very interesting. Uh, another great episode. Yeah. And I love how our protagonists are two women. Like usually it's it will be a male FBI agent and a male assistant. Right. But we have two women sort of like tackling the issue here. So. And uh, I think the Wishman call it's kind of cool. The Well, it, it's cool and sad how she was, you know, trying to talk to Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. The, but the phone booth and how that went the whole time and then yeah. i don't mean like we can't skip the like 20 inch dildo that she pulled out was, <laughs> that had me in tears man <laughs> I was like, oh, it did i was like oh wow yeah because the thing is mr manhattan is supposed to be like 50 feet tall but he can also change his size and everything so right i remember fun. that from the from the movie yeah 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 so yeah She's but, definitely uh, missing him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. I, I can't wait to see when he actually shows up. I think that will just take the show to another level. Yeah, because he, cause he's definitely there because someone dropped the car after right. the joke right. and everything. So it's getting closer to to its... The story's getting closer to fruition. Of right. We need to see how everything works. Yep, it's another good episode. Yeah, that concludes our not section, and now we're transitioned to no concessions. What we've been binging pat the past few weeks or so, um, anything watching anything new. So you can go ahead, go first. Okay, so um, it's kind of an old movie. Well, not old. It came out earlier this year, I think. But um, uh, beautiful boy with um, Steve Carroll and Timothy Chalamet, mm. and. Uh, it was good. It's good, and, and the character Tim, that Timothy Chalamet plays is uh, is kind of like a a young guy with a big future, and then he gets to college and starts trying drugs, and then kind of loses control of that. And uh, so you just f- follow him spiraling out of control, and how his family um, kind of comes to grip, and then that whole process. And it was really touching, and it was good. Um, what I will say is that I, I thought it would be a little bit darker like the way that it was described and everything. oh it was, yeah it, it was still kind of lighthearted. not like it was funny but it wasn't like oh i need to turn this off like blah 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 blah. but um but i, I think mainly that was because there's like the I'm trying to bring out the story between the yeah, son and the father so, okay okay um, but yeah no it was good so definitely check that out and then um i just kind of had a timothy chalamet day um <laughs> On Netflix, The King came out with uh, Robert Pattinson, Timothy Chalamet, and I always mispronounce his name. It's Joel, is it Egerton? I think so. The, the guy from uh, Love Inc. I think that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And this was about um, King Henry V, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it was good. It was good. Um, usually those period pieces and stuff like that can be kind of boring, but this was it's this, this it moved 
quickly. There was no slow points. There wasn't a lot of useless dialogue just to fill space. They, That's good. There's action that carried it along. And I don't understand Robert Pattinson's French accent. It was really <laughs> strange. It was so strange. If you watch it, you'll see what I mean. But, um, but no, it was good. Everybody pulled it off. And uh, I liked it. I liked it. It was definitely good. And, um, Netflix, they need to stay on that, man, because uh, with this the streaming stuff, they're about to fall behind. But that was a good right. step in the right direction. So. But yeah, that's what I checked out over the past weekend. So Okay. Well, for me, um, I was on a three-hour flight Monday to Monday. So yeah. I went ahead and downloaded um American Sun oh, okay. on Netflix. This is the play that they made a film starring Carrie Washington. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the other guy's name. But basically, it's an interracial couple whose son has gone missing, All right. and um, with has strong things of you know police brutality, racism, um, and sort of how that all interlocks in America's right. um, policing of African American males. Um, I'm pretty sure it's probably a better stage play because that's where it was formatted. But it's yeah. still a good movie. Um, Folks might be um, divisive on the ending. Um, mm-hmm. And there were some parts I was sort of, I felt kind of heavy handed. Yeah. So, but cool. um, overall, it was an interesting, challenging watch. And then I started a new, I think I talked about it before, but Seis Manos. Yeah, uh, I think you told me something about it. Yeah. Yeah, the new anime, original anime on Netflix that sort of takes a Mexican folklore and uh, black exploitation and puts together in a pretty interesting um series there's only eight episodes i think i made it to episode five ah. but it's it's pretty good um i think it's rated tvma so it's not for little kids but yeah, okay I, i'm really interested in it i'm hoping to finish it soon i meant, meant to finish on the flight for some reason one episode wouldn't work so i didn't want to skip yeah, it yeah skip around yeah yeah yeah, Netflix is good at that. Sometimes you just randomly scrolling through, and then you you find a show, and it's like, oh, well. Yeah, and I've seen people talk about it on on Twitter. I'm trying to sort of get more into anime. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right. So that concludes our no concessions, and we'll transition into feature presentation, where we'll be discussing um, HBO's new series, His Dark Materials which premiered on Monday um, based on Philip Pullman's epic fantasy tale and partnership with BBC. We have this new series starring um, Daphne Keene, Lynn manuel Miranda, uh, Ruth Wilson, Ruth Wilson, and uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Very strong um, cast there so yeah definitely definitely i'll let you start the discussion here um and just sort of like give give your thoughts and just sort of lead here okay yeah well uh, where do i want to start we'll we'll just start from obviously just the beginning um so i mean that scene where it first starts off with james mcavoy and he's going through the water water to get to jordan college and, um, you know, he has Lyra and 
in his arms and he's he's delivering her um and then from there kind of time jumps but no well, well we see him like in the arctic or what they call the north and he's with the other guy and getting that stuff and then it kind of comes back in time to her and lyra and following her and that's where it kind of starts um what i was afraid of when this for this how this was going to show it and how it was going to be and what it was going to get rid of but I still felt kind of like the magic you felt when you read the book and I was happy like that I'm glad it's focused on Lyra like mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean it's on HBO I thought it was going to make it more like adult but it wasn't that yeah long, so right it's still kind of youthful even though it's it has like mature themes exactly exactly yeah. and um I think one thing um that's uh that's gonna for viewers that's gonna be a little bit difficult is that if you haven't read the books then you'll be impatient with the first couple episodes because it's following it but it's gonna take a while for the world to get built is what i'm getting at okay because yeah they're, they've just been in oxford correct right yeah just oxford and right. it just kind of throws you in without much description like the the demon parts that people have Mm -hmm. uh, but um but yeah so we meet lyra and we meet her little friend roger and um we meet her her demon that's called pan and he's still changing because he hasn't settled on what his form will be yet okay um, I, i couldn't figure out why he kept right right looking different but that makes sense now right yeah so he changes until he settles on his form, uh, which will come eventually. But um, after that, where do we go from there? That, oh, that's when she's sneaking around the house and everything. Mm-hmm. And then James McAvoy comes back and we learn a little bit more about her connection to him because it was like, why did he have this baby, blah, 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 blah. But um, that is her uncle. And right. uh, so he had dropped her off and he's still an adventurer and exploring. He's kind of kind of a jerk to her in a way but like yeah that will play out and people will see what will happen but um uh, what happened after that oh that's right he uh gets poisoned or he is going to be poisoned and Mm -hmm. then uh, he kind of rallies those people all around after that part and and then i'm jumping around here i'm trying to figure out how to do this um well then then we kind of get introduced to um i think did the do the egyptians come after that part is that when we meet them yeah because they're having the ceremony for uh what's it tony 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 yeah yeah that's right. yeah so but through okay but before we get to that part the the beginning kind of shows you you see kind of like the class structure and if you mm-hmm. haven't read the book, then this whole thing is about the magisterium and this kind of organization that's very religious and is kind of uh, overseeing how things are run and it has to be by this religion. And that's why when they say, oh my God, I can't remember what it was. They say sanctuary something. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I right, mean, yeah. Saying yeah. that kind of excuses them and allowed to teach. So. Um, so you see a lot of that. You see kind of fighting against 
the powers that be. There's a lot of things about class because they are orphans. And um, the little boy, Roger, is like a kitchen worker and um, she's made friends with him. Um, and then you have the Egyptians who who roam and everything, and it's just very different. But um, but yeah, then we get to them, and then the story kind of picks up because um, that's when the the boy Tony becomes his his Damon thing, chooses to be a hawk, and then um, after that, his little brother goes missing, and that's right. when we see. I, I don't even know what type of animal that was, but that's the gobbler. And that plays a huge part in this because um, they're looking for children or rather the child that has this power or whatever that that will come later. And um, and then uh, we meet Ruth Wilson's character a little bit later, uh, Miss mm-hmm. Culture. Miss Culture. Yeah. Right. And uh, she plays a huge part. And, yeah. her, and, and what I'll say about her is right now, she's nice um (laughs) yeah well right now she's on lyra's side and i I wonder how they're going to depict how their relationship kind of changes in the book because it it does yeah Um, uh, so yeah she offers lyra the chance to leave oxford to go to london um and lyra's like i can't do that without taking my friend roger Roger gets snatched up. And then I think that's where you see the classism again because nobody really cares besides her. Like, yeah, I, they're like, oh, he's just, he'll be fine. Right, exactly. They're like, you know, he's probably off playing around or whatever. It's like, dang, man. Yeah. But, um, but then, yeah, so then she does that. Um, and then she's gifted the the compass. Mm-hmm. The book is called The Golden Compass. And well, I, I, I'm really curious to see how that comes into play as well. Or, how they show it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it should, I should, I think this show will be good. I think it will. And I mean, I've read some reviews somewhere up and down, but a, a lot of them said the same thing. Like, I think it's a thing of, of patience. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause they're definitely, to, they're definitely starting to just, just flesh everything out gradually. Right. right. Cause uh, yeah, once the characters really get into their, um, their uh, their groove of who they are and what they're after and how these how the world works and who's against who, then mm. I think people will definitely be like whoa, like uh, so uh, yeah. But I'm excited and I'm I'm really excited to see how the rest plays out. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think the the cast is good and the suspense is it's yeah it's there already. Like just like the last scene where you see. Roger in the cage and right, yeah, and just everything. It's definitely starting to build like that whole conspiracy type right. type feeling. And then, and they fit a lot into the first episode because of the gobblers. I mean, they've already taken two children, so right. I thought it would be a while before we see like the kids getting snatched or whatever. Right. So, but yeah, it's it's gonna be hard talking about it and not talking about what I know happens so <laughs> okay yeah but I'll just have to write stuff down that way I'll, I'll avoid yeah. that now I did have a question like during um her uncle's explanation what's his name Art uh, Azriel. Azriel. Azriel yeah the way he's talking about the dust what exactly is dust um 
like what's there because i got a little confused i know it like it only appears on adults or something uh i'm trying to think of how to describe it it has to do with like 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 how it that's right it does come from people but it's like only like adults can have it okay. um adults can have it and it has to do with like thinking and sin it's all about like religious stuff it's it's um oh, okay yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's confusing to just to, to to describe but um but like it's almost sentient like it, it can um communicate with like the people in this in the story like yeah it, it oh, will come wow. out okay. yeah yeah you'll okay, see what so. i mean yeah because okay. uh it's it was, um, it's a very i mean it of course an interesting story because of the original novel it's just seeing right. it on screen definitely um will be interesting right because the dust is what connects a person to their daemon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like it, right, right. And that's why the children won't really know about it. They don't understand the oh, process okay. of it. Right. Gotcha, but, gotcha. Right. And yeah, it will, it will come out. There's a right. lot in the books that's, that's hard to describe. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, I think, I think it will, do well i hope people keep watching it i hope you know they don't get turned off by the pain oh yeah definitely it, it, from what i read they had a, a really good uh debut in ratings yeah. wise, so. so i think a lot of people are hoping that it it's better than that movie they put out a couple yeah of yeah a lot of people were disappointed by the yeah. film you're right and that concludes our feature presentation before we get out of here we'll discuss where you streaming for the weekend uh oh god where did i put that there it is um dolomite um i need to watch that i've i've seen nothing but good things about it so i mean i'm glad that's that's what i've seen so i'm going to check that out and then uh i'm going to give uh american sun a go so check that out as well all righty as for me i've got to do a lot of catch up from last week being out of town so I've got shows from like Tuesday through Thursday that I need to watch. Oh, okay. And then I think um, Burning Kane is on Netflix. Oh. So I'll I'll try to check it out this weekend. Okay, yeah. Yep. All right. And that concludes this episode of It's a Streamable Life. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook at AS Life Podcast. Until next time. All right. Peace. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get streamable life.